Welcome to Spritz and Scrums, a podcast by three Benetton fans with a love for Aperol and all things Rugby Italiano. After a month off, we're back to talk about the first World Cup warm-up game between Scotland and Italy and how the Under-20s World Cup finished for the Azzurrini. Welcome back. I'm Eddie. I'm Ellie. And I'm Coach. Are we saying our names just because it's been a month and people might have forgotten who we are? We still exist. Guys, it's been a whole month. How have we taken a month off? I'll tell you how. We've been stuck in Surrey with basically no internet at the whim of hundreds of rabid rich children from Europe. And I'm where I always am. <laughs> stuck in Birmingham with some form of internet. <laughs> So Healy's got a big boot on him, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he has. He has. <sighs> yeah. Kick. What a game. What a, what a first game. Right, we, what, should we just jump straight back in? I mean, it's nice to be back in a Zoom call with, with you, Coach. I've spent a lot of time with Eddie, but I haven't seen you in a month, and it feels very odd to have been apart from you for so long. It's been a while, but it's flown by, to be fair. What have you been up to? I've been catching up on, uh, on, on, the, on statistics of... Of rugby. Oh yeah. Trying to yeah, just learning about Italian rugby history and um and eating, eating crisps. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well let's let's uh, let's continue with the, the rugby chat. Yes, Ben Healy <laughs> had a massive boot on him. Uh an old school spiral kick as well. I like Classic. that. Stuart yeah. Hogg did that as well. Stuart Hogg used to use the uh, the spiral kick. Maybe it's something they only use in Scotland. You never see anyone else using it anymore. But maybe in Scotland, they are, you know, a few decades behind everyone well, else. I, don't, away, I so. don't even know what a spiral kick is, but why isn't everyone doing it if it means that they can kick like Ben Healy was kicking on Saturday? I think it's easier to, like, to slice it. Yeah, you can easily slice it. It's you know, quite a confidence thing to do. And, like, at the heights of sort of school rugby level, it doesn't really matter where the kick goes out. If it's got a beautiful spiral on it, that's all anyone would give a shit about. But I suppose at the international level, the end result of where it goes out is actually more important than how glamorous you look doing it. Well, yeah, when you can kick it 50, 60 metres out of hand, it's It was unbelievable. So impressive. Overcooked one, though. Overcooked one and didn't mm. make it to touch. But I'll tell you who else was kicking really well. Oh. Tommaso Allen. Who'd have thought? That man has come back with a bang. Yeah, he can kick it. So I have a theory. Right, we'll jump straight in. Obviously, there was a first World Cup warm-up game um, between Scotland and Italy on Saturday. Uh, very similar sort of ending to the last time Scotland and Italy played each other um, in Murrayfield, uh, where Italy were very, very much neck and neck there. Five points behind with a couple of minutes to go. Yeah. It all fell apart in exactly the same way. However, Tommy Allen kicked better than I think I've ever seen him kick. He didn't leave any points out there. And I have a theory. Do you want to hear my theory on um, Tommy Allen's comeback? You know, he's he's 30. He's getting on a little bit. Still very much in, in playing prime, but getting on a little bit. And there's a couple of, you know, number 10s chasing at his heels for that shirt. And I think that he's gone. Well, Garbisi's fantastic. But, you know, he's not kicking a whole lot of Montpellier. So what can I do to guarantee that I might get picked above? Practice the fuck out of my kicking. Remember swearing. We've been told not to swear so much. What fucker said that? 
We're not going to get our heel deal. Just say, practice the hell out of your kicking. Practice the hell out of my kicking. That's what I'll do. I'll practice the hell out of my kicking so that actually I've got to step up on these guys. And I think that's what he did. And he's come back with a bang. And actually, if suddenly, I mean, one game isn't enough to kind of prove that stat. But if he's come back and if he is kicking the way that he was kicking on Saturday, you'd put him up there for starting number 10 because mm, that's the one thing we've... But like, that... comp- competition is good. But there is that clip of him at the end of the first half where they kicked to go up 6-5. And it's like a big old 45, 50 metre kick it's at the touchline. And um, after he absolutely nailed it, he looked really confused and surprised. He looked like surprised. A golfer, a golfer when they line up their drive and they cream it and they've been slicing it all day. That look of like, oh, didn't expect that. That was nice. <laughs> That's how he looked at his own kick. Watching it go over going, hmm, didn't expect to do that. That was nice. It was an Italian like, hmm, well done me. Solid. That was the kind of look. Which is good. Great. I'm glad. Didn't leave any points out there, which is very rare from Italy. Very rare. Yeah, so let's look over the game briefly, I guess. Um, It was, you know, a very mismatched kind of squad. Um, Obviously, Kieran's trying stuff out. Yeah, very rotated. I went through, I think I'd only have for sure two of the players in the pack would be in my starting eight. And one of them was playing out of position. So a heavily rotated side. Yeah. Can we discuss that briefly? Because obviously you're talking about Rutza playing in the back row. I don't really understand why when the one sort of area that you'd say the Italy team has covered is the back row, why you'd have somebody who's a brilliant second row playing in the back three. If the point is you're trialing new things, why don't you trial a young back rower that you're not sure about and some young second rows that you're not sure about and just give Ritza a rest? I really didn't understand the point of putting him in the back row. Well, it's not his first time playing in the back row. He's done it for Benetton before. And also, he was captain. They didn't play Lamaro, rested him. So someone needed to be captain. So you need to someone who's responsible enough and good enough to do it. And Rutzel was the man. Yeah, um, and obviously, Kieran Crowley is also looking at um, how versatile his players are. And checking out Rutzel at six is something that he'd be interested in seeing properly as well, I'm sure. Well, I'm not convinced that it was particularly fruitful but there you go it was about seeing people in different positions seeing people and giving them test caps that they haven't had before so um some things went well some things went badly Uh, the line out and the scrums went badly line outs pretty badly throughout and the scrum uh went very badly towards the end and was actually i think the reason why italy ended up not winning because scotland were making so many more handling errors than italy and italy weren't able to really make that count by winning penalties at the scrum they weren't able to do that really and also at the end they were giving away loads of penalties at the scrum which was a huge issue what happened in that scrum i mean literally they were crushed like a cardboard box it was like the opposite of the under 20s watching that scrum well yeah but it's because they didn't start with their best props ferrari and riccione would be the two tight head props that italy would put on a a full strength squad they didn't start with them. They didn't start with their full-strength hookers either. Fiverr needs game time. He was out there. Line-out wasn't amazing for him, but that's partly why he was there, to get the game time. Zani on the left, well, he's experienced and knows what he's doing, but didn't get the rub of the green with quite a few decisions with the ref. But that front row held it together a fair bit. But then when Manfredi came on, 
And then Cecharelli went off and Alonghi came on, on tight head. Well, then they just were running backwards every scrum time. You know, that's part of the learning. Alonghi's a young man. He'll be a great tight head prop, but wasn't quite up to it against that Scottish side. But in all honesty, he's young. He's going to have a good career with Italy. And what, you'd say he's fourth or fifth choice tight head prop for Italy? So it's not a huge concern. It's just slightly frustrating because that meant the game got away from them when they could have, should have won it. The details of the scrum. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the line out as well was pretty hairy. Every time they went up, one, I was like, how's this going to go? Yeah, the scrum, the line out, basically a lot of the forwards just being experimented with. And obviously there was a lot. Yeah, and the line-out maybe should have, could have been better as well because Rutzer was there and he calls the line-outs for Benetton and they had David Cece, he's experienced at the line-out, Zambonin, he's good at the line-out. Yeah, they maybe could have done better in that area, but they'll know that and they'll be looking at sorting that out. I'm not concerned about that. In the backs, uh, debutant scrum half, Martin Pedrello, I thought he had a good game. We didn't blow everyone away, but he made a couple of good breaks, some quite good quick ball. I did think there were some communication issues at times where I think sometimes he gave it to Tommaso Allen when Tommaso Allen didn't want it and sort of ended up a little bit lost and not sure. So I think there's some communication issues there. Um, and also I've noticed that sometimes he just doesn't turn up to a ruck yeah. when he doesn't <laughs> feel like he has to be there. Like normally the nine turns up and like gives it to a forward you know, for a crash ball. But if he's doing that, he often he just stays back and like hangs out with his mates in the back line. And like you see a forward like Fiverr or Zuliani or someone looking around and he's not there and then they have to do it for him. So I'd probably tell him to to not do that, at least sort of be in the vicinity of the rucks. Because also it makes it easier for the defence if they can see that the scrum half isn't there. Well, I was going to say that some of the forwards didn't turn up to some of the rucks. They were very late. Yeah. In, in a lot of instances. And they, it just seemed like they needed that one extra man. And yeah. Just, I don't know why, just for a split second, I thought we'd been yellow carded or something because it just seemed there was, we didn't seem to have them, the players in the right place. And it, it led to a few turnovers. Yes, it did. And there was some interesting calls from the ref while we were watching the game that we thought were really unfair. So sort of he'd yell tackle and then they wouldn't release. They wouldn't release. They wouldn't release. And then eventually they'd release and... At that point, it had been such a long time and they straight away got over the ball to Jacqueline and it just, that didn't look right. It happened a couple of times where they drag Monty or they drag someone sort of 10 metres back and he'd be shouting release and they wouldn't release and eventually they'd release. But at that point, everyone had stopped where the original tackle was and they dragged him back so they couldn't get over the ball fast enough. Yeah, yelling tackle and then release, throw him to the ground and then jump on straight on the ball. I guess it's legally fine, but you don't see it very often. Maybe Italy should have been a bit quicker on it yeah. the first couple of times it happened. They should have. Um, and also, they, I agree with you, Coach, it felt a little bit at times, especially when they were having to defend. It kind of didn't get away from them too many times, but a couple of times, and especially in that last minute it did, where it just looked like we didn't have anyone covering the wings. It looked dangerous. No, but I think I don't want to be too rough on that because I think they were operating a really hard drift defence. So it looks like there's space where there actually isn't. Mm. And and it, and their drift defence worked really well because Menoncello and Maury, when he came on, and Ioni, like they've got real gas. And and, and so does Bruno and Paddy. So they're, they're, their drift defence, it looked like there was loads of space and Scotland could run out wide, but then they got nowhere because they were always chopped down 
Yeah. The defense was fantastic from Italy. The first try when they, they spread it wide, that was a set move that they'd been planning two phases, three phases before to try and get as many players in to get mm-hmm. that space out wide. I think that was a, a designed attack because they just had acres of space. And yeah, they knew that they could probably cover it, but they definitely planned that two two phases before. Yeah. And also the second try where, was it the scrum half? Like ran in straight lines straight through. No, um, it wasn't a scrum half. It was um, Winger. What's his name? Oh, yeah. Tiny guy. What's his name? Darcy Graham. Yeah. Jim Hamilton was like, that's almost impossible to defend. Um, it kind of, you know, there's not a whole lot you can do about that. But that all came from a mess. They got into that situation yeah. from an absolute mess. I believe that was the one where Paige Rello had then moved from scrum half to fullback. Again, testing the versatility of the players. That was a kick over the top. He ended up completely stuffed, got his kick charged down. And then Italy ended up in all sorts of bother where they shouldn't have been there. In yeah. the first place. I'd say Pedrello had a better game at scrum half than he did at fullback. Yeah, but I did think um, Lorenzo Pani had an excellent game at Yes. And he also has a massive boot on him. Yes. I thought he was really good. Yeah, and as they mentioned in commentary, what's exciting about that is that if Tommy Allen does start, Tommy Allen's obviously a right footer kicker and Pani's a left footer kicker, so they've kind of got both sides of the pitch covered between them. Yes, I know, but that would be kind of the second string fly half fullback combination because I think you'd really want Garbisi and Capozzo. Yeah. yeah, but well, if Tommy Allen keeps kicking the way he's kicking, there's more to life than just kicking at goal. Do you know what, Eddie? I normally agree with you, but because we leave so many points out there, I disagree. I think having a solid, reliable kicker is invaluable. And it's been a very long time since we've had one. And I don't want to jinx it because maybe he just had an amazing day and hasn't been practicing at all. But if he has been practicing and this is a sign of things to come, I would really struggle to keep Tommy Allen off. Well, you know, don't look at me. I made him in my team. I, he, I made him my player of the Six Nations, didn't I? Because he was playing at fullback and I was really impressed with him. We were all shocked by that choice of yours, yeah. So, you know, but now there's other fullback options. There's a lot of options. And I think this is all about experimenting and finding out who can do what. Because loads of these players can play more than one position. Yeah. Uh, so I think actually looking over the game as a whole in terms of like players who who had something to prove or who came out fighting. Um, obviously, I think there's a couple of forwards that probably won't get picked um, for the final squad. But I thought a couple of like standouts for me. Menangelo, what a player, what a hero in attack, the drives, in defense, the t- the cover tackles, that cover tackle he made. Oh, beautiful. Was it Darcy Graham again? Incredible. Monty back with a bang. As Eddie, you said this, like some of the stuff that Monty was doing and granted, you know, a lot of the time he didn't have loads of space. But when he did, you're like, he didn't do any of this over the last year with the Mel- Melbourne Rebels. Why not? They're a bunch of jokers. Honestly, they didn't know what they had with them. Monty Ione hasn't scored a single try all season playing for the Melbourne Rebels. And they think they're decent, right? They suck. He hasn't scored a single <laughs> try of them all season. He did the most offloads of any player in Super Rugby, all right? But scored no tries because they couldn't give him anything. He comes insane. back, first game with Italy, he's running around like a headless chicken, smile on his face, ear to ear, scores in the corner. He has really been missed. But now Italy have him, they have him for good because he's off to France. Where's he going in France? Lyon. He's going to Lyon, which actually brings me back to another thing I was going to bitch about, yeah. which was part of the punditry of the Scotland-Italy game. And 
These are all pundits and commentators everyone knows and loves. And some of them know a lot about Italian rugby. But I still think they are lazy when it comes to Italian rugby. They said Fiverr played for Benetton. He hasn't yeah. been at Benetton for years. And they're like, yeah. oh, he's been at, uh, in Italy for a long time now. It's like, yeah. no, he, he he left a while back. He went to Worcester and then Worcester went under. And then he ended up in New Zealand playing for the Hurricanes. So that's just like lazy punditry. They mentioned that Monty was still at Melbourne and didn't mention that he's come back to France. And earlier on, in a conversation which was only about Kieran Crowley, they said, oh, it must be tough for him because, you know, he must be looking for a new job and that's going on behind the scenes when he's already signed for a club in Japan and has publicly announced it. So that research would only involve looking at his Twitter profile. Yeah. And this is just sort of like stuff that they just get wrong all the time. It's like the laziest of lazy research that comes up when it's about Italian rugby. It drives me nuts. But that's why we're here. That is why we're here. And it was disappointing, especially because it was Jim Hamilton who mentioned, who was talking about Kieran Crowley. And I was like, dude, he's one of the most knowledgeable pundits out there about Italian rugby. He did, so he did a documentary on him. Right? Probably got his number on his phone. Yeah. If he's getting this wrong, if he's getting such dated stats up, then, I mean, come on. We're not... Yeah, but I don't want to have a go at Jim because actually Jim is one of the, and has always been one of the flag wavers for Italian rugby. So I, I don't, this is no way a compare about him. It's just in general, you wouldn't get away with this if you yeah. actually know. You know what? Maybe you would. Maybe I, I'm I'm wrong. Maybe this isn't actually about Italian rugby. Maybe this is this is just the level of rugby punditry. You know, in football, you talk to anyone at the pub about football, and they probably know more about not just the Premiership, but La Liga and Syria, the Bundesliga. They know everything. Every football fan knows everyone everywhere. But in rugby. Our professional sports journalists haven't got a bloody clue what's going on. Well, beyond their microcosm, which will be, you think, the premiership. Remember Johnny Wilkinson before didn't even know who Paolo Garbisi was. Mm. Right, He was punditry on an Italy-England game and didn't even know the name of the yeah. Italian fly half. Clive Woodward, I don't think, has watched a rugby game outside of the punditry box for the past 20 years. And he's still there chatting it up. Okay, we digress. But yeah, I think actually it might be across the board that rugby journalism needs to step up. Maybe you're right. And all of this sort of ring fencing the Six Nations, all of this sort of this old school way of thinking, it lends itself to lazy punditry because basically the stories are the same with slight alterations every year and there's no need for them to really do their research. Yeah. And I think that is a, a shame. Yeah. I think you're onto something. No, I agree with that. What we were talking about before that, the rugby match. Yes, Menoncello at the centres with Maury when Maury came on. Yes. Very exciting pairing. So actually, I have to admit that when I saw that Maury was picked for this game, I was negative. To put it mildly, I didn't understand why after the season that he's had, he's barely played at Bordeaux, he's looked lazy. I've been unimpressed with him, considering I remember seeing him at like under 20 level, thinking like, oh my God, he's amazing. He's going to be incredible. And then just kind of feeling a little bit disappointed by him over the last couple of years. Having said that, once he came on, he proved me very wrong. I think he was one of the standouts from that game. I was super impressed by him. He was punching holes, he was driving, he was covering. I had to eat my words. Italy's try, I think he had a lot to do with because he came on and, uh, pardon my French, but his basic bitch style of rugby, just run hard, run straight as fast as you can. That works. 
And in that, in, in Italy's try, they went from the right-hand side of the pitch to the left-hand side of the pitch. And he took two crash balls. And each time he took one, he knocked them back two metres like bowling skittles. And then was right back on his feet. Shoom, round he goes. There's a place for that. Also, his hands were pretty good. He was finding the man behind him nicely. And in defence, he was drifting hard and hitting hard. So, yeah, I was impressed with him. Obviously, I think his time since he had, shall we say, a less than perfect game against England a couple of years ago. He's kind of been left in the cold by the Italian national side. And that seems to have had the right effect on him. But Mm. now he's looking hungry. He's looking like he wants to show himself. And he is a physical specimen. For anyone that doesn't know Federico Mori, they say he's one of the strongest people in the Italian squad in the gym. He runs like lightning. So if his hands are up to scratch and they looked pretty good, he definitely adds something and offers something uh, that other players don't. And I think he's only about 21 years old still. So Yeah, I remember seeing him as like a 17-year-old busting holes um, and just thinking, that man looks 30. How is he 17? He's massive. Incredible. So yeah, I was really impressed by him. Menoncello, Tommy Allen's kicking. There's a lot of positives. Pedrello, Pani. The, yeah, I think Bruno's overall... looking at home on that wing. Bruno yeah. looks like a, an international winger through and through now. Yeah, yeah. Obviously... You'd never in a million years tell that it was Pani's first game for yeah. Italy. Never. Monty back. I mean, it's, there's a lot of exciting stuff. Um, there were moments where I felt like, okay, in attack felt a little bit like we didn't really know what we were doing um, and so couldn't capitalise. I mean, both sides, their stats on kind of points taken from visits to the 22 were pretty abysmal. But, you know, it was a first game. It's a first game in a few months, first game back together as a full team in I don't know how long. So a lot of positives to look forward to and a lot to work on. But again, a, a totally experimental side, many of whom will not be starting in the proper games, should we say. But next week, we've got Ireland. Italy, Ireland. And there's lots of players, people who are wondering, who didn't play in this game because uh, often you forget when you see the team list who actually didn't play in it but a huge a names missing yeah. Riccione wasn't playing Ferrari wasn't playing Nicotera wasn't playing Nicola Canone wasn't playing the captain Lamara wasn't playing Sebastian Negri wasn't playing Paolo Garbisi wasn't playing Ange Capuozzo wasn't playing there's a list of Italian superstar players that weren't playing so I think all in all it was a pretty good showing for Italy. Yeah. They could have won it again, exactly the same as the Six Nations, with five minutes to go. They were in the ascendancy. They looked like they could have won it. A score, converted score, and they win it. They get a penalty. They kick it for the line out. They butcher the line out. And then they end up conceding a try down the other end. Very similar to what happened in the Six Nations, which again makes the score 25-13 it was in the end. 25-13, yeah, it looks worse than it was, um, but that's what happens when you concede in the last couple of minutes when you're close to turning it around. But all in all, I think positives. How are you feeling, coach? It felt like a friendly, didn't it? Yeah. Um, they definitely were both testing each other, yeah. um, oh, testing and we've, their players. Guys, we forgot it, to it, mention it, the star it, of the show, the star of the show, standout breakaway performer of possibly this oh. year. Oh, the seagull. The, the fucking seagull, guys. <laughs> I mean, have you ever seen a seagull do those line breaks like that seagull was doing? Well, before that, when they, when they when Scotland kicked back, Pierre Bruno had to run around the seagull. The seagull didn't move for him. He actually, <laughs> on the footage, you see him sprinting and running around the seagull to get to the corner. It was a total menace. Coach has a phobia of seagulls. Well, uh, you know, a, a little bit of PTSD 
from a couple of seagull encounters. So I wonder how you felt watching the first few minutes of that game. You know, I kind of wanted the seagull to die. <laughs> We'd been to Treviso to watch a rugby match. <laughs> can't remember what rugby match it was. I can't remember what rugby match it was. It was. was. Oh, must have been Stade Francais. Stade Francais. Yeah. When Benetton beat Stade Francais uh, in the yeah. Challenge Cup. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And then and, and Dean Budd was there and... Oh, it was the 100 Caps Day. 100 Cap, Eduardo Gori, <laughs> Sposito. Oh, what fun we had. Can't remember any of it, but what fun we had. And then the anyway. next day, we thought we'd, you know, treat ourselves, go on a little overnight trip to Venice. And then Coach was mugged by a seagull. He'd bought a sandwich, walked out by the Rialto. I hear this screaming, help me, help me, help me. That's I look. what I said. And then there's Coach standing there with half a sandwich <laughs> while this seagull He's flies on top off. Of him. <laughs> I instinctively knew what was going on. Also, bearing in mind we were all a little bit delicate, a little bit hungover. We just we were really looking forward to that sandwich. Yeah, the last thing I thought was going to happen was I was going to get mugged by a seagull. You didn't have half <sighs> a sandwich left. Well, we and... went back to the shop like children. And we're like, could you could you cut around? <laughs> could you cut around it? And then the seagull decided to. To, to go to the alleyway to watch me finish the sandwich. You did watch us very closely. Yeah, so I, I don't really like seagulls. I think that seagull was unwell, though. Not the one that mugged you. He was in peak physical condition. The one during the game on Saturday, he, did, he didn't look very well. They said they carried off. him out under a cloth and he wasn't very well. I mean, I think he was kicked around a bit by the players as well. Well, my thoughts go out to his family. But what a game he had. Someone needs to sign the seagull. And that wraps that part of it up. Um, all in all, some positives. A couple of players who have now learnt the lessons at what standard is required. And um, yeah, it's a shame Italy didn't get the win because it would have been a lovely thing for them to be able to say. But that's not the most important thing. Well, it kind of is the most important thing. But short of that, the most important thing is is the learning because at the end of the day, what what really matters is once we get to the World Cup. Um, so yeah, there's no point, I think, kind of predicting or... or or second guessing what we think um, the squad's going to be for the game on Saturday against Ireland, because I think, again, it's all about experimenting. Hopefully Ireland will do the same, um, and I don't see why they wouldn't. So I look forward to that game. Well, I think Ireland are going to play a pretty strong side against Italy. It's going to be a very... I think the, the two sides are going to be much closer to the starting 15s, just because if you look at the other fixtures coming up, Ireland have um, Italy, but then they have England and Samoa. So there's not a huge amount of time there for them to pick their best players. And they're probably not going to pick their best players against Samoa just before the World Cup. Sounds a bit risky. And Italy have obviously got the Ireland game where they need to show these players a kind of standard they're going to have to play against when they take on New Zealand and France in the World Cup. And then they've got Romania, great side. They actually are. There's a great Squidge rugby video on the history of rugby in Romania really worth watching if anyone hasn't seen it did you know that the one of the biggest capacity games ever played was in romania for rugby union if you didn't know that check out the squidge rugby video on romanian rugby but yes they're probably not going to play their best then that'll be another experimental side and they probably then will play a really good side against japan because yeah. that'll just be a game that they won't want to lose under any circumstances sold out game guys we'll be there and we'll, we'll also be, be playing there. a touch rugby <laughs> tournament beforehand that's right. A touch rugby tournament in August in Italy. And whichever psychopaths are arranging this, 
it starts at 9.30 in the morning. <laughs> so whatever hopes I had of having a nice Amarone Classico, a couple of bottles of that in the evening, you know, put the world to rights in one of our favourite Treviso restaurants. No, we'll be there with the Gatorade. 9pm start. 9am. <laughs> no, 9 9 p.m. bedtime for a 9am start. <laughs> Get up and waddle around a pitch. Then by the time the Italy-Japan game starts, we're going to be burnt like lobsters, totally dehydrated and feeling rough. No, we'll just hydrate loads. It's going to ruin our trip. No, stop it, stop it. We're very excited about this Touch Rugby tournament, I but we are... I didn't know it started at 9.30. That's... That's, that's, that's... after... It. It's been pushed back, guys. It was due to start at 9am, and then a couple of people were like, guys, we're driving from, like, Florence, so could we start a little bit later? That's unacceptable. Okay, so first of all, I think we should put a plea out. If anyone plays Touch Rugby and is in any close northern Italian city and wants to play a mini tournament, we'd really appreciate you joining our team because we have no fucking clue what we're doing. It's not true. I know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, but you don't need a scrum half in touch rugby. Do you? <laughs> no, you do. You need a dummy half. I don't I was... even know how many people are on a touch rugby team. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Look, we're going to win the tournament. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, but you've got to remember that everyone else in the tournament, it's a tournament being put together for online media for Italian rugby. It's quite yeah. a fun thing and it's really yeah. cool that we were asked to be part of it. So that, that is awesome. We are generally looking forward to it. But everyone else lives in Italy and most of them from around Treviso. So for them, it's just another day. They don't realise that obviously we go to Treviso for a piss up. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's going to be difficult for us. We're going to land. We've got our good friend Ed there. He's going to have to carry our side as well because he's quite athletic. But he hasn't. None of us have played even a like. None of us. I come on, guys. We haven't touched a rugby ball in about ten years. That's a lie. I've been playing with rugby ball for the last month. My hands are on fire. <laughs> Just my gut gets in the way of my sprinting speed. Yeah, it's it's not the skills. It's the it's the athleticism this time for me. Luckily, I can still throw the ball around easily, but easily, easily, easily. <laughs> We'll get that Easily. clear, and then we'll film bits of him dropping the ball and like <laughs> I've never fumbling dropped the ball. it. And I then, have never and dropped we'll the ball. And then we just have to overlay that. I could throw the ball around easily. <laughs> I have never dropped a ball in my life. In your another life? One. Another one, perfect. Yeah. Well, we need all the help we can get, and luckily we have the wonderful Nick Heath, who has agreed to let us join one of his touch rugby training sessions um, over in West London. Uh, so we will be doing that, at least attending. Maybe two, if we can get three in before this tournament, great. Um, we'll try and drag Coach down from Birmingham for, for at least one of them so that we know what the hell we're doing. We need all the help we can get, because I ain't carrying you. And obviously when we were slagging off rugby pundits and commentators, we didn't mean the great Nick Heath. Well, we he actually didn't. He's one of he the He does few. an admirable job yeah. under difficult circumstances. No, he's one of the day. few who gets in touch and is like, guys, can you let, like help me out with some of these stats? Like, You'll know more info than I do. So he actually does his research. But yes, very kind of him to agree to let us join one of his sessions. Um, and once more, I'm going to keep shouting out, please, if you know how to play and enjoy a bit of touch and you live in northern Italy and you fancy an afternoon in the sun, join our team, message us. We need all the help we can get. Yes, or if you have children <laughs> who are young and fit, send them also. 
Yeah, it's, it's, you know, children are welcome, apparently. Um, yeah, lunch is included. It's 25 euros and a nice day out, guys. And then afterwards, we'll go home, we'll shower, we'll be physically exhausted, and we'll go and watch Italy, Japan. Italian childcare with coach. <laughs> Cutting that out. <laughs> what are you talking about? We'll get him a hat. And uh, a high-vis jacket so all the kids can see him. <laughs> I think this better be good. What better this, be good? <laughs> this touch rugby better be fun. I hope we're sitting there, not in hospital, drinking spritz going, that was good fun. The only thing mm. that's going to make it not fun is our own lack of fitness. And we've mm -hmm. got a month to try and sort that out. Yeah, we do. So actually, I might start running. Uh, and yeah, yeah, let's start running, guys. I am concerned about the skin on my feet. What? I've got baby delicate feet now. And if I put boots on, I reckon one step in. in I'm pretty hot sure you need weather. boots, but they have to be molds. When I played at Barcelona, I used molds on the 4G pitch. I've got, I've got, I've got molds. I, I've got, and there's not the point, but I, you know, inside the boot itself, I'll get calluses on my feet. Guys, I don't think the listeners the don't want thing. to hear this, but if they've got any tips on how to avoid that happening, I would I would love to know. I'd also really appreciate if any women out there have 36 size feet and want to lend me some boots. All I have Jacob, is Jacob put on the Composure Club. They've got grip socks. That might stop it. Maybe we should write to Jacob. Yeah, get some grip socks. Get some grip socks. I can see Sunday me staring at a pizza again. <laughs> Yeah, we need to we need to be very careful about how we approach this day, guys. We need to hydrate the crap out of ourselves and we need to wear lots of sun cream. I mean, we're coming from a country that basically hasn't had a summer. We're sitting here in like highs of 18 degrees with nothing but rain. Um, and we're committing to a touch rugby tournament on the 26th of August. So yeah, we just need to be very careful and maybe not get too drunk the night before, which is going to be tough. But I think we say that every time. I don't think we've ever gone and said, let's take it easy. We want to feel fresh oh. tomorrow. And I don't think not really once. If we're really honest with ourselves, even when we say that we're not hungover on that second day, we are a little bit. And that's just all we've got to do there is get through breakfast and get to a stadium but this time. 9.30am yeah. kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> the last time Eddie and I played rugby together, we also went out the night before, and it was not a good morning. <laughs> Did you and win? That game started at like one. <laughs> yeah, we won. I scored one of the best tries of my life. Oh. Well, not my life. It was a good try, but I was in a very bad place. I'm really looking forward to seeing you score some touch tries. Well, that's not going to happen. I reckon my handling is actually better than it was. Where, how? What have Look, you been gonna doing? A, you're going to have a nightmare editing this because you've been waffling on about this touch of tournament forever now. So let's move on. I'll bring, um, I think I've got an old GoPro. Maybe I'll bring that. Oh, Just that'll be it, fun. Put it on my forehead. <laughs> GoPro sounds Just way more athletic. <laughs> running over eight-year-olds. <laughs> Boris Johnson, the fuck out of them. <laughs> so yes, we'll see you guys there, 26th of August. Um, Looking forward to it. We'll get off. We'll we'll keep you up to date with our fitness as as the weeks progress. Final thing, guys. Um, should we very briefly, since we've been away for a month, obviously in that time there was an under twenties World Cup that ended close to disastrously for Italy, but not in disaster. All was well in the end. However, they certainly didn't come away with the highs that they were hoping to, short of the ex extraordinary win against South Africa. Yeah. Well, I think overall the memory of their tournament when they look back on it, 
um, will be a mixed one. But this Italian under-20 side came third in the Six Nations, finished above England in the Six Nations. And there were high hopes of them going into this under-20 World Cup. We had Marcus Gallerini on the podcast. He said their aim was to finish in the top eight of the World Championships. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. They did, however, beat, for the first time ever, the South African under-20 side in South Africa because they were hosting the World Cup. That was a huge, huge moment. And Marcus Gallerini, our guest, scored two tries in that game. In one of the most horrific conditions I've ever seen a rugby game played. But then the wheels came off a little bit for the Italian side. They lost to Georgia under-20s and then lost to Fiji under-20s and then were able to beat Japan under-20s to make sure that they stayed in the top flight of under-20s in the World Championship next year. So they avoided relegation and they managed to beat the hosts, South Africa. So there were definite positives there. But I think, you know, the undoing of them was just physicality in the backs. Georgia's Mm. backs were huge and powerful and strong. The Fijian backs were huge and powerful and strong. Mm -hmm. And the Italian backs seemed to struggle with that. And that was the big issue for me. The Italian pack were good. And the Italian backs could run really well. But they didn't like big guys running at them. No. Yeah, I think you're right. That's what it came down to. Half of that team is under 19, half of that team is under 20. So half of those guys will be back there next year. Yeah. And not that we're bitching about anyone else. or To put this in perspective, Scotland weren't even in the tournament and failed to get promoted back into it. Scotland were relegated last time. This time they were playing in the division below and didn't get promoted. They lost to Uruguay uh, and then Uruguay lost to Spain. And Spain under 20s for the first time ever will be playing in the under 20 world championship next year yeah well done to spain it's really cool and i think it's a great um sort of endorsement of that kind of promotion relegation system because how great for them right that actually there is something to strive for and equally on the way down you know italy had to buckle up because otherwise they were going to get relegated and they did and you know so next year it'll be japan and the one below and spain and the one above i think that's really exciting great for the sport and shall we leave it one final note from you because i know that you love them georgia oh as georgia girl georgia did really well georgia did really really well and actually georgia were in a group with italy south africa and argentina and that group until the last day, anyone could have gone through towards the final and anyone could have dropped down. Everyone beat everyone and everyone lost everyone. It was an absolute mess of a group, an incredibly even group. Mm. Um, Georgia, I think, finished their 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 best ever. I think yeah. they were sixth, fifth or sixth in the world under 20s. But, but unfortunately, uh, because of the way world rugby operates, um, those players will never get a fair crack of the whip um, because of this new world rugby league which is coming in yeah that's unfortunate for them it's brutal but that georgian under 20 side in the last few months have beaten argentina under 20s they've beaten italy under 20s they've beaten england under 20s so yeah watch out for them well watch out for them but also you can't watch them that much because they're not allowed into a lot of things which is a shame Mm. (sighs) on that note there we are First podcast in a while. My voice is slightly gone. Yeah, we're not uh, really sure. I can't really remember how we do this. Should we finish off with a what oh, made what Coach made Mad? Coach Mad. Yeah. yeah. What made Coach Mad this month? 
filing out the touch rugby tournament starts at 9.30 a.m. Yeah, that's that's very sad news. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think, I think we... It also makes we, me really concerned about how much fitness is required because what, it, how many games can they expect us to play if they yeah. wanted to start that early? I, the last time I played was in summer of 2019 and it was summer exhausting. Above. It's a lot of running backwards, I remember that. Because when you're not, I mean, you just end up. Someone would get touched, and you move back, and then you just you're running back. So your knees are going to get screwed. It is good fun, but I think it's a whole day of that would be really tough. Well, the last I heard, how many teams are there? So hopefully we won't have that many games to play because there's twelve teams. So unless they have loads of teams playing at the same time, if the halves are fair, if they're like fifteen minute halves or something. Oh, that's quite um, that sounds like a, that sounds like a long time. That sounds like a long time. That that that's a short half. Normally it's what? half an hour. Can't you play like seven, seven minute and a half? No, minimum it would be fifteen. What? I, I think it's I think it's going to be thirty minute halves. Yeah. No, that's what? insane. That's insane. That's six insane. games. No, no, no. That's insane. That's insane. That's what I read. I googled it. What? I was like, well, how much is a half? Like, what is a tournament? They can't expect me to do that. No, that's okay, insanity. I, I think it's a full, it's like a half third of a half a pitch or something. <gasps> okay, in August in Italy. If I mean, anyone, hang on. I, I said drink some I, red wine. I said this to you. I said, "Are you sure? <laughs> Are we making a stupid decision here? Because we, I think we could potentially ruin a very good holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it goes well." It's going to be, why did we do that? We are going to feel like We could shit have just watched it and just the... commentated on it and got drunk. <laughs> Maybe we should do that. Maybe we should respond to saying, guys, actually, do you just want us to walk around and like interview people instead? I don't. I, now I've said this, now I've seen your reaction. I don't think you understand what we, you're doing. No. What you've let us in. So it's not. Well, I've, I've, been te- I've been saying this to Ellie. But it's like playing on my mind, like it's a it's a lot. But you're making it even worse. I didn't realize the halves were that long. I just thought I was going to end up with bloody feet. You know, I googled it. I went, I, I went on. I was like, what are the rules of such rugby? And it was, I think, it's twelve players. It's about a three quarter pitch. It's what? thirty minute halves for a game. So maybe because the tournament will get a fifteen minutes, but still fifteen minutes over a, a very large pitch. It's a lot of running. This is what I mean about the skills. Ellie. This is why I'm like, well, you, 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 you'll, you'll be fine. It's all cardio. This isn't a skilled, it doesn't matter. You're not going to tackle anyone. You're not going to be dummy scissoring because you'll be knackered in five minutes. It'll be throw down the line. <laughs> Actually, you know, you just, you just attrition. That's, that's what it is. I've got no attrition. I've got no staying power. I've got no fitness. I've got weak ankles and weak knees. Knees, you need to strengthen your knees because it's running back. Try running backwards for like, 20 meters. <laughs> Let's write to these guys and see, see what's Yeah, going maybe on. we need to bail. I just think Google it. That's, when, I, when I Googled it, that's when I messaged you going, guys, <laughs> can we just take a second and just be 100% sure? Because I thought you already knew this because you're like, yeah, we're going to get a team sorted. We're getting T-shirts made. I'm like, oh, well, they must know then. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'll just, I'll just try my best. You know, Ed's, Ed's a marathon runner. Ellie's a massive long-distance runner. I'll, you know, we'll, we'll, they'll carry it because I know it's all cardio. But now, now I think you need to really go and have a look at what, what we signed up for. Because I just don't want it to get in the way of thing. my Val Valpolicello and steak the night before. Yeah, and I've been actually, no drinking I, uh... night before. I will not be drinking night before. Sitting here drinking water, knowing that tomorrow I potentially might have a heart attack. 
Well, I think we need to think about this a little bit more than we have done then. I mean, I'm very happy to still pay them 25 euros for us to just go and hang out and drink beers. I'll and... pay them 100 euros to leave <laughs> to <alone>. not play. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it right now. Give me the details. I'll send them the money now. Do we have to play? I mean, if we get a team of 12, like, that aren't just us, maybe we, we can just... subs as well. <laughs> this is it. Even if we get 12, we all have to play. But they said teams of 12. Like, that's how many we need for a team. They no, have... we, need about, we need 15 at least. Because you can have running subs. So the, it's like ice hockey. You can just tag yourself in and out. So you need those people. So when you are having a cardiac arrest, you can go, <laughs> Oi, I, I, don't know, I don't know how to breathe anymore. Can you come on? <laughs> <laughs> so, and then obviously, and then obviously, if you go down, players, and you know, someone gets injured, twists their ankle, I whatever, am, I am then, then your life is infinitely harder because you've got more space to cover. Well, as well, the joy of being on the wing is that I would stay on the wing, and then when I'm dying, it's like, yeah, you come on. You can, you know. <laughs> right. Let's get hold of every under nineteen side in the north of Italy and ask them to send their brightest and best. I'm yeah. staggered that you haven't googled this. I thought we'd play like out. two games and they'd be like ten minutes each. That's what no. I thought we were doing. No, Ellie, Ellie, Ellie. Even I've been telling you more than that. I didn't realise it was quite as bad as he's making it out. But I was telling you that I was really concerned. <sighs> I thought your cousin would have told you all this. No. He plays touch for England, and it would have been useful to have him. Okay. Right, well, um, on that note, uh, I'm about to go and message the, the touch rugby tournament people and just ask whether they really... Just, just say we're really concerned about our fitness, and we're really concerned... Look, I'm not being funny. I am 36 in August. I'm 17 stone. I haven't run in four years. <laughs> and I'm heavier than Jamie George, and I've actually <laughs> go into in, in 40-degree weather and do cardio one kilo lighter than tom curry if you read that if you read that on a newspaper article say he did what and that's why he died you'd be like what a fucking idiot what a what a twat why would any why do you think he could do that it's like going oh yeah i'll I'll climb everest in my t-shirt and then oh he died did he well why did he do that I'm off to message the, the tournament organisers and see if we can bail out of that. Just send them that clip. Okay, do you want this? You've got your insurance for this, have you? Because he's, he's expensive. He's taking a massive policy out on himself. A million pound policy. I'm, I'm actually going to do that. It's going to ruin our entire holiday. This is the only holiday I'm doing. Oh. Because you'll be dead after it. Well, because I thought, you know what, maybe I, I, I took a week off last week and I thought, so I just do a last minute like dash to, to Europe for a beach holiday. And I went, it's too hot. And then I thought to myself, then why am I going in, in August to then run around in this heat that I previously wouldn't want to sit down in? And that's what made Coach mad this month. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. We'll comment on the uh, Ireland game. Um, please rate us five stars as usual. I know we've been away, and so you probably forgot that we even existed, but now we're back. So give us the likes, give us the follows, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We'll post photos of coach training, and getting ready for this. So that's probably worth following us just for those motivational posts. We're not doing this. Ciao a tutti. Bye. Ciao. Ciao.